0: Welcome everyone to the almost cancelled TV podcast. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Connor. Yes, I am alive. Oh Yes. Oh yeah, Connor was in hospital last week, which is why, there, which is why there was no episode. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, was it? Was it a planned thing? It was just his liver couldn't take it anymore. Too much alcohol, yeah. and uh, he's been told that he should not drink, which is why he's still going to drink uh, tonight. Yeah,
1: they, they told me don't quit cold turkey. that's just dangerous that's a fact it's a medical fact
0: this is our our tv podcast we get together and we talk about pilots renewals cancellations premiere dates and whatever else pops up in the tv world so we'll get into it because yes i did assemble the news last week and it was all sitting there to be used and then there was more news this week so there is a nice big double amount of news to talk about There, there does be news i can
1: only think of one story that I saw today, and that's it. So, okay, oh, which I'm sure
0: you've got at some point in there. Yeah, uh, I will say I think there was less this week than it was last week. Last week seemed quieter to me, but uh, that's based on week be old memories. So I don't know.
1: Last week we'll have had all the. There was
0: Netflix,
1: Netflix stuff last week. Yeah, Netflix had their stuff, thing. Yeah, there was there was something around that
0: weekend. I knew there was like right after we recorded the last one. And there was actually one Netflix thing that I know I don't have, because it wasn't, like, too specific. It was just, Witcher's coming back next year. So, I'll, there, there is. Yeah, I thought you were just going to mention that with the other Witcher story. Uh,
1: there's another Witcher story? Yeah, you know, the, the spin-off? Uh, the prequel spin-off? I think it's called Blood
0: Origin. Well, I don't think I saw that. actually.
1: Uh, it's, it's the one starring Michelle Yeoh,
0: I'm pretty sure. is that one. Uh, that's coming out on Christmas Day. Oh, all right, okay, let catch that. I mean, I'm sure we talked about it before when it was, uh, yeah, you know, the, developing the, the or like
1: a, yeah, I think the teaser trailer a long time ago yeah, um, yeah. at this point. Um, I assumed you would have seen it because there would have been probably in the same article, those, those
0: two pieces of news, because they kind of announced them together. It's entirely possible. I just saw the headline, which was coming summer 2023, and said, Oh, that's not enough to bother talking about. And moved yeah, on. but it was probably in there. It probably was. It probably was. Uh, We've talked about it, so we didn't miss it. Uh, We we did, yeah. It's all worked out. Uh, So we'll start off on renewals, as we do. Only a couple here. Uh, FX have renewed Reservation Dogs for Season 3. On Hulu. That's a really weird (laughs) headline. I I understand it because they're tied together now, but it's still just a weird... It's an FX on Hulu one. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So yeah, Season 3 is coming. Uh, Congratulations to that show. Uh, Next up... Interview with a Vampire, which is only just about to debut at the start of October, has been renewed for Season 2 by EMC already. I'm surprised they didn't wait for at least one episode, but also
1: it's probably a big enough name that they were like, yeah, this is this is going to be fine. The trailer didn't look that good, but I mean... I don't... It says a lot. I, don't really... I know I would have watched the trailer because you would have made me, and we probably spoke about it. Huh. I don't catch
0: every trailer when I'm doing the news, so we might not No, know obviously
1: I've... that one was... I assumed you would have done, because that's a fairly notable thing, yeah. but I don't remember it. So either you missed it that week, and we never got back to it, or it was really forgettable to
0: me. Yeah. I mean, I saw it when I was putting the pilot vote together, because I always go hunting for yeah every pilot coming out, but uh, yeah, so already been renewed, so they're feeling confident it's an eight-episode season, and season two will also be eight episodes, so there you go. Fair enough. Uh, so that's that. And then we got a bunch of premiere days. A lot of them from Netflix, but not all. Uh, If we were starting off with not Netflix, but Netflix had their, what did they call it? Adam. Ah, there you go. Because it's
1: the noise that Netflix makes, allegedly.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> That's even funnier than uh, NBC calling their thing Peacock. <laughs> because mm-hmm. there are symbols simple peacock
1: <laughs> at, at least netflix didn't like rename themselves like the, uh, their whole service as that it's just this this is their their event they do once a year true well to
0: be fair nbc is still nbc they didn't rename the channel
1: oh they didn't but they launched a spin-off thing essentially that yeah. hosts content not just they, they, nbc aren't just announcing things at peacock every so often <laughs> <laughs> Um, they may announce things on peacock you don't know Uh, i mean true i forget peacock exists
0: every single day until something reminds me oh don't worry i've got a story later about a streaming service that you may have long forgotten about that we're going to discuss there are are more streaming services i forgot i mean there's
1: so many now of course i've forgotten about some of them i
0: mean this one's actually quite old this one goes this one dates back before a lot of these other ones that we talk about oh interesting um... is it stan (laughs) It is, Stan! Yes! Stan's got an original on the way, more on that later!
1: How dare you think I could ever have forgotten about Stan!
0: We've not brought it up in a long time, there's been no Stan-related shenanigans! Doesn't matter. I wasn't even sure if it still existed because it, it launched because it was there instead of Netflix. Although I'm sure Australia has Netflix now, but there was a time I when it, does. it I, remember,
1: I remember there being a thing that launched in there not yeah. not that long ago in the
0: grand scheme of things. But it had they had Stan instead and we thought that was hilarious. But anyway, uh, so first up uh, in terms of primary dates, The White Lotus Season 2, which I noticed in this article, the limited series White Lotus <laughs> has yeah. got a Season 2.
1: I, I was just thinking, didn't that just win a bunch of awards for being a limited series?
0: I think this is a big little Lies-style affair where it was a limited series, but then it did so well that they all went, hey, do you want to just order a second season? another one? Yeah, yeah. We good, we good. We get paid. And there is kind of an anthology-style element to this because it's a hotel, and it's like, you know, it's seven episodes, it's about all the guests that are there for a week, so presumably a lot of the cast have changed, you know, between this, the series. Uh, maybe some of the, obviously, the employees and the manager of the hotel will be the same, but all of the, like the, the, the focuses will be sense. changing. So, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's an interesting little idea to to do for a show. Um and the first season won a lot of awards, so maybe it was good. I would like to think it was, but yeah. you never can trust these awards places. Mm, yeah, they do make mistakes. Better call Sol, for example, not winning a single thing is a, a crime. A testament to to their mistakes. So we got that uh, Criminal Minds Evolution, which is the reboot with a lot of the cast coming back of Criminal Minds uh, on Paramount Plus. That is going to launch on Thanksgiving, which is November twenty fourth, on Paramount Plus, and I'll have a mid-season break at Christmas and come back on the twelfth of January. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So it's a ten cool. episode season with a mid-season break for Christmas.
1: I, I get it, but just run out of Christmas
0: at that point yeah I don't think people really care especially on a streaming service but I mean yeah you know I guess they're figuring ah people but I do think there is room for some big releases at Christmas I think you know you'll get a big thing on Netflix a big thing in, you know, I mean Netflix
1: the last few years have been pretty consistent about releasing something if not on Christmas like Pretty close, like Christmas Eve, they' done a few times I know uh, I think a
0: lot of people after the space I think did it yeah, after the five Christmas dinner, like it's like okay, we're not doing anything else for the rest of the day, so that's, that's been i mean something
1: maybe maybe american t v systems are a bit different, but you know in in, in the u k we have a a staple of this is your Christmas programming that you know the the older you know the the, the main channels special content on Christmas day and they'll you know it will be you know, obviously they compete against each other anyway, but it, it's notable that day. It's like, oh, who's going to get the viewers? And there there are a lot of them because
0: everyone's at home. It's the same thing with uh, American TV Saturday nights terrible for ratings, but the, in the UK Saturday nights always been a big night for TV ratings. Yeah, it's like prime time. It's it's different types of programming largely. It's usually game shows and like competitions and reality stuff, but... It, they are know, huge uh, on Saturday nights. Yeah, it's always been a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ever since I was a kid, I remember, you know, Saturday night. That's when the Generation Game's on, or that's when.
1: <laughs> I mean, to the point where you had a Saturday night takeaway, which obviously you know was huge for its,
0: for its time. Yeah, I mean, I never, I stopped watching stuff like that, but that time that existed. But
1: uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. really watch it much either. I'm just aware that it was on, and t- to the point where it has Saturday
0: night in the name. Yeah, because that's what it was and it it was big. That's just it's just a, a different philosophy, yeah. really. Um, because the logic in the US I understand is that you know, a lot of people go out, so therefore why would you put there's a lot of people who don't go out as well. So Yeah. <laughs> Especially over a certain age. I feel like there's a, a certain audience of like over forty, I'd say, that are probably in watching TV on a Saturday night. Not yeah. every week, yeah. But a lot of weeks. Most weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah uh anyway uh next up wednesday the tim burton adams family show on Uh, netflix uh surprising day for this i was convinced it'd be then by the end of october but it is not launching until the 23rd of november oh i know I know. i missed the ball on that one a bit i get but they've got a few like october things coming out in october anyway so i guess it was just too packed yeah but it's fine though because i'm sure they've got other stuff this but is why they should everything horror related. See if everything was weekly, right? They could launch all of the shows in October and it'd be okay because it'd all be like going for months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, would wouldn't it? Just, you know, putting that out there. Netflix. they will get there eventually. Uh, we hope. Uh The Crown is getting a premiere date for its next season. Uh season five will premiere on the 9th of November.
1: no yeah. Well that's that seems like a reasonable time for that sort of show.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, apparently they had uh, because of obviously the death of the Queen, apparently there was conversations about the sensitivity of how to proceed when to launch it and how to market it and things like that. So I don't know what they're gonna do, but
1: Screw it. Put it out. <laughs> just put it out and be like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You're all gonna watch it anyway. They do if some... anything if anything, it's free marketing.
0: <laughs> they should do something really like risky and put like a billboard that just says, The Queen is dead, but the show isn't <laughs> November ninth. Long live the crown. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's free real estate. It is. It's it's it's, it's, the, it's
1: the easiest marketing they're ever going to get.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of, Netflix, Dead to Me is coming back uh, for its uh, third and final season. Uh, this one, it's been a bit of a gap, much like a lot of The same way that Stranger Things earlier this year was like almost three years since the last season. This was two and a half years. Since season two, because of the pandemic, but this is the Christina Applegate comedy uh, it is coming back on the 17th of November. So, uh, cool. cool. Uh, and then we have another Netflix premiere date uh, called The Recruit, it's a CIA show starring Noah Centineo, uh, that is going to premiere on December 16th. Right. Yeah, so. that sounds kind of dull. It, it does it sounds painfully dull um which is kind of powerful of course uh and then switch over to amazon for a second we have tom clancy's jack ryan season three which uh is going to premiere on december 21st so that's just before christmas so that's coming out um yeah that makes sense that's, that's a good time to launch a show what's funny about that one is that i i really was convinced it already had this out past season three because when they made season one, they did one and two back to back, and two came out really quick. And then yeah. they renewed it for three and four, and said four was going to be the last one. But they're obviously they're doing spin-offs and stuff after. Um, so I just assumed three had already came and went. But I guess it just pandemic took a while to get the next couple done.
1: Yeah, and then you had Jack Reacher in the middle as well, so that made you, makes you think the further along.
0: <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe the other Jack show threw me off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you go. That's uh, Jack Ryan uh so yeah that's that's the premiere dates uh and there was a few things there that had you know small trailers or whatever but i think there was one big trailer that we had to talk about this week and it was the first proper teaser trailer for the last of us the hbo show that's coming next year um and this is an interesting one because it's based on a video game and we've both played the game um Mm -hmm. i love the game you actually quite like the first one as well admittedly but i i'm a big fan of both of the games uh so it's kind of funny watching this and like Almost every shot, not all of them, but almost every shot, I can sort of point out and go, I know what scene that is. I know what part of the adaptation that is. Yeah.
1: and it, it, I want to make this very clear.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing in this trailer looks bad. In fact, it looks very good, I would say.
1: Oh. No. You, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You can point at every scene and go, okay, tick the box. I know exactly where that is. I know where that is. I know where that is. And it just it, it's just reinforcing me going, why are we doing this?
0: What? Uh, why No, I'm gonna defend that, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I'll defend it. Is because I'm gonna go back to the first Resident Evil movie. There was a quote from the idiot director, Paul W.S. Anderson, who try in justifying why his movie had absolutely almost nothing resembling the game, other than the fact that there were zombies and a couple of monsters. He said that well, you know, you don't want to just adapt the games because then you know who's going to live and die, and you know you'll you'll know what's going to happen. I, I, like books have been adapted for <laughs> for decades. They have at this point.
1: There is a for me. There is a very big difference between a one. Okay, let's 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 break it down in order. One uh, books, which are a literary medium, so you're then adding, you know, images to. That's mm-hmm. that's a huge difference. You can go. Okay, the comic adaptations. Which are that's a visual medium, sure, but you're adding motion, so that, that changes that. Um, Resident Evil, look, no, I'm not here to badmouth Resident Evil, but they're not the most cinematic of games, are they?
0: It, it has um, a story, I don't know, I don't know, but that's yeah, just, yes, you do.
1: Uh, uh, shut up,
0: cinematic gold, <laughs>
1: especially with, with Last of Us, it prides itself on being a cinematic game, right? That's that's 80% of its selling appeal.
0: Yes, but the interactivity of the game is used to drive the emotions of the story and vice versa, where the interactivity... Like, there's moments in that game where you feel angry like Joel does because, you, you know, what's just happened and you're kind of fighting through something and it kind of, like, they, they go hand-in-hand hand together. This, in theory, will work purely as a visual storytelling device. This will purely be a television show. Um, and it looks very high quality, and I am glad that they're not... They're, you know, I'm glad that they're just adapting it. Like, yes, obviously there has to be some differences in how they get certain things across because you're not playing it, you're not acting out certain moments. And I'm sure certain things will play differently and perhaps quicker as a result because you're not, like, having a player act out, you know, a certain moment or a build to a boss fight or or whatever it is. But there's a lot of key story beats in that game that absolutely should make the adaptation. And... I noticed bits from left behind in here the DLC um you know you notice sort of various segments from early on I know season 1 is the first game but they've they've said that, that, that you know that this 10 episode or the, I think it's 10 episodes anyway uh, is, yeah. as the as the first season or as the first game and I I do appreciate that I appreciate the idea of trying to turn that story into a 10 episode prestige series and I can kind of you know, and there's some glimpses in the trailer of the different seasons, you know, there's a bit of winter at one point, and you can kind of, yeah. like, okay, right, so you can kind of, like, in your head break down how it'll maybe fit into ten episodes. But I'm sure there will be differences, I mean, if nothing else, like, we've got different people performing the roles, um, and they look like they're going to be good from the snippets we've got, obviously we can't say for, for sure yet. Um, but uh, I I will say that this easily could take the best video game adaptation award like, with... And the, the the bar's not high, which is the sad thing here, is that... Yeah, it's such a low bar. But th- this actually might be genuinely great and be the only real great adaptation of a video game, because the the rest of them all suck. Or, or, is there even or, one that's good? Or let, let alone great. There's... There's a couple of, like, borderline kind of fun or almost theirs, which I would say First Mortal Kombat is kind of watchable. It's not good, but it's a watchable adaptation. Yeah. Um... Kind of part of the way there, but ultimately founders is the the Tomb Raider movie that came out with Vikander. I agree. It's like it's not bad.
1: It's it's an okay film, but it's not
0: it's not. Good. Yeah, they, they didn't nail it. They didn't get far enough. So we've not had anything, and you know, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's a, but this actually looks like it may be a great HBO TV show.
1: <laughs> I I think it'll be great for anyone who's never played the game. Mm. I think for, for me who, who's coming into this like, I, I want I, cause if I want that story I'll just play the game again right and it's going to take me probably about the same amount of time as watching this show will if not slightly less let's be honest
0: uh, uh, if have your speed run sure. if you're playing it at a normal pace your first if, I, if through, I'm just longer. going through it just for the story
1: probably about the same that's a bit more it's, uh, Last of Us 1's about 12 or so hours Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, it's a couple more hours than the 10 that it's going to be.
0: Well, oh, for, for, it, for arguing this
1: point, I mean, I'm just saying... All right, it's a... all right.
0: It's, it's pretty
1: close, though. Yeah,
0: and the second one's like uh, 25 hours or something with like that.
1: Yeah, 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 I'm disregarding okay. the second one because, I mean, who knows what they're planning on doing with that. We'll worry about that in a few years. <laughs> but just for now, this, this first season versus the first game, if I want to experience it, I have no reason... For me right now to, to watch it versus just playing it again, it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't look from this teaser trailer and anything we've heard so far that it's going to do anything substantially different enough to justify me choosing that as the medium of choice instead. But for, that doesn't make it bad. I want to make that very clear. For it me, maybe
0: not for me. For me, the appeal is, is if they nail it and it is a genuinely great TV show version then I'm excited to compare the, one of the greatest video games of all time to a like, top-of-the-class TV show doing the same story. For me, there's an interesting comparison in the mediums there because I do think there's differences, and I do think there's things to look at and sort of say, okay, why does this work in this media medium as well as it does in the other one? And you know, I don't disagree
1: that that's interesting from an analytical perspective, but that doesn't necessarily make it. Why i want it there as a tv show either that's not enough for
0: me i'm sure there'll be things that are embellished on i'm sure there's some things that are going to be condensed because you're not playing it so you're not going through waves of enemies you're not going through you know i'm sure there'll be a bloater There's there's a budget but there's not going to be you know half a dozen bloaters throughout the game they'll probably do it once maybe twice that push uh you know uh that's the other thing I should say is that you get you get a quick snippet of a clicker at the end, which everyone screen grabs so you can get a proper look at it if you want to go and like really gloss over the details, but uh looked fine. It, yeah, it look it looked like a clicker in the game. it looked like they brought it to life, so. Cool. I think the I'm
1: gonna say that it's it's convenient because it's part of the design aesthetic of the game is that they're pretty relatively speaking realistic looking in that, you know, it's it's like fungus style you know yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. it's easily
0: transferable to good prosthetics and makeup i would say oh for sure and i noticed as well obviously they wouldn't match every location per se but there is one moment when they're going towards a city and there's like a building that's kind of like leaning over against the other one that's actually from the game as well and obviously that's an effect because it's the big you know yeah yeah he's the shop but I'm, I'm assuming the clickers were prosthetics and makeup because i imagine they'll mostly be well, i could, why I, wouldn't you at that point I could see maybe uh like maybe small parts maybe CG if they're like you know, maybe the opening the mouth or something if they want to do something kind of really inhuman yes, yeah, there yeah
1: absolutely but, but the the broad strokes I think there's no reason for them not to do it practically
0: yeah yeah uh and obviously anything that's bigger they might you know go yeah. CG if if they're if they're doing that uh but even the bloater I could still see being mostly prosthetic with some embellishments if they want to just have a guy in a... It would be very doable. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of positive signs in this that you're getting a prestige TV version of of the story of the game. And you're obviously arguing that you don't want it to be just an adaptation of the story of the game, but I have seen so many, like, mediocre adaptations change things and none of it be for the better that I'm actually kind of... I find appeal in this just being a good version of the same story. I get that.
1: I think for me, ultimately, I'd have just preferred a original story in the world of, um, because I think it's still a you know, it's not like entirely unique world, but it's got like its own aesthetic that that you know, okay, you can have you know, clickers are pretty
0: <laughs> unique. Yeah, but that's not the appeal of the story, though. The appeal of the story is the characters. It's the journey they go on. It's their it, emotional it is. journey. But like,
1: yeah, like I said, that's, that's just kind of where I'm going
0: for As That would be rather what I would have had. And as someone so. who just finished the Resident Evil show, uh, which is set in continuity with the games, but set later, <laughs> can I just say but that what? doesn't always work out? That's set in continuity? Well, I don't think the game's going to use it as canon, but like in the show... All the games that happened prior <laughs> are all canon. Huh. They reference things occasionally in... S- stuff. <laughs> Weird. I did not realise that. It is, it's, it's kind of wild. There's just, you know... Just casually at one point someone says, Yeah, he died in a volcano, and I'm like, Wait a minute! <laughs> that happened! <laughs> yeah. that, that was Resident Evil 5. Uh, so... Yeah. Yeah, because you know, I mean, yeah, sure, the clickers are cool enough, and like the f- the idea of the fireflies and all, but that's not the appeal. The, 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 if you take out Joel and Ellie, and you take out the the actual story they go through, it's not Last of Us. It's just a another mm-hmm. zombie style show, basically, at that point. Which you know, we definitely have had enough of just those. So uh, that's true. There's plenty of them. So um, I'm all about uh, this. So I'm looking forward to checking out when it when it when it lands and um it's got some really talented people behind it as well uh both from the tv world and obviously neil Druckmann himself who did the games is involved so yeah uh yeah hopefully it works out good i, I will say this i'm expecting the final scene of the sh- season to be the same as the game i'm expecting it to end on the exact same note yeah I'm probably will i th- i think that's such an iconic way to end that story that i, I don't see them deviating from it unless they intentionally like what is swerves by doing like one little thing extra or something, but I I see it just being that moment. It
1: really depends on what their plan is for the next season. After what he set something
0: it... between seasons, yeah. Yeah. Or between games, I should say.
1: Yeah, because obviously there's a significant time jump uh, in the games.
0: Yeah. So they might want to do something in between that. That said, the time jump could work in the sense that you know, we have this problem with kid actors a lot where it takes like, another couple of years to do the next season. Is that oh, they look like they've grown so much. Maybe, you know, the actress playing Ellie, like her growing up for two or three years between seasons may it's, actually it's possible, yeah. help that quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and Pedro Pascal a, is a busy man um, at this point, let's be
0: honest. Probably going to take a few years for him to fit it back into his schedule. Sure, sure, yeah. So, yeah. But uh positive things, positive things. Uh... And I haven't even seen the Uncharted movie yet, but it looks like shit. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> it looks like actual shit. Uh, that is when I will happily go back to the games. I do not need to uh, see it. I'll, I'll probably see it for curiosity's sake at some point, but I'm not expecting good will. stuff. Yeah. I'm not expecting good stuff. So uh, there you go. That is that. Um, so, yeah. All right. Next up, what have we got here? The big news of the week. The big news of today, even. Um, Dare I ask what comes after six seasons, Connor? Ah, would would it be a movie? Six seasons in a movie, baby! (laughs) I am shocked, but delighted. I'm shocked and delighted that this is actually seemingly coming to fruition now, because... Uh, yeah, there was some rumblings a couple of week a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there was a couple of little, little like Dan Harmon said something, but it was like, oh, it's been so long. I'll I'll will believe it when I see it. But sure enough, like and the way I saw it, like I didn't even see the announcement on Twitter. I saw someone screenshot or just retweet. It was like uh it was the community Twitter and the Peacock Twitter. Community Twitter said uh six seasons and question mark, I think, and then the then the, the Peacock said and a movie. And then the community Twitter replied and I went, Wait a minute, what's happening here? What are they hinting yeah, at? <laughs> I saw it from I think it was John McHale's tweet. Yeah, he it? tweeted stuff out. I mean a lot of the cast did actually, uh which is yeah. which is really cool. Um so community Dan Harmon comedy started in two thousand nine, it ran for six seasons as as we were hinting, and there was a line in season three because it was kind of up for cancellation like every year. It was always on the bubble, but there was a really dedicated audience that loved it. And myself being a part of that uh i love community uh i thought it was incredibly witty. so much of the comedy appealed to me uh there was of course the one infamously dodgy fourth season where dan Harmon wasn't there and while there were some legitimate reasons why he shouldn't have been there uh ultimately it got better again when he came back although i don't think it was ever as great as those first three seasons i do think there's a lot to love in season five and six um so yeah you know a lot of good stuff um so there was a line in season three uh, where Abed, who was a very meta character talking about other other shows, was basically hoping for a show that was on the bubble. And it was kind of a meta thing. He was really talking about community, but he was sort of like saying six seasons in a movie, six seasons in a movie. And it kind of became this this like mantra for the, for the fans and it became this thing. Uh, so there was always this hope after Yahoo of all places gave it a sixth season that we would someday get the movie. But, you know, a lot of time had passed. It kind of felt like, you know, and it's not necessarily something that they can't go back to when they're a bit older because it's, you know, they're not supposed to be in a specific role or anything. Obviously, they're not going to be at college anymore. That'd be stupid. But, <laughs> um, you know, like all you really need is to get the cast back together and you've got a community thing, right? That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And you've Harmony rate it and have the cast back. And a lot of the cast are confirmed. Uh, a couple of them aren't yet, but it is worth mentioning that uh, like when Joel McHale was tagging everyone, he tagged the ones that weren't confirmed yet and Yvette Brown, who's one of the ones who aren't confirmed, also tweeted out, sort of saying like, thanks, you did it, fans or something to that effect. So it does seem like all around, there's no like, ah, oh, so and so is definitely not coming back or anything like that. The interesting one that'll be, whether or not they do, will be Glover, right? Which is a shame. I'd be, I would be disappointed if Donald Glover doesn't come back, and I suspect that even if he doesn't come back to be a main cast member, I would be shocked if he doesn't have a cameo. It, just to, I would have I a think, hello.
1: I don't know, I think it's more likely that they'll get him on board for a movie than it would have been another season. Oh, for right? sure, yeah.
0: I mean, he left the show uh, towards the end because like yeah. he, he was just too busy because he, he was Childish Gambino. Atlanta was probably starting to be in the works around that time, I assume. Yeah, it was probably in the works before he was coming up to do his Star Wars stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'd hope so. And obviously, this is a movie for Peacock, so it's not some big theatre release, which I actually... This is, good. This is you know what? I finally get a reason to praise the cock, right? Because because this is the weird thing. If we didn't have all these streaming services wanting content, wanting original movies and TV shows to, like, you know, attract people to their, their service, to have a content library, I don't think the community movie would ever happen. I think if it was left to a world that, that when the show was cancelled, or I should say ended, really, uh, when the show ended, we were still in a world where a movie meant a theatre release. It meant being profitable enough that you could put it in theaters and make a profit and we're not really in that world anymore and i think that's why this can exist and i'm happy that it can exist so thank you peacock you finally pr- your what, value what you- as a of a service has come to fruition so what we're saying is these
1: low rent uh streaming services that are all grabbing for a piece of the pie have revived the direct direct-to-video market
0: yeah but funnily enough though like i think this because this will be a dan Harmon written movie i think this will be much better than a direct-to-video movie ever would have been in the direct-to-video days if that makes sense so it's the the next evolution of the direct-to-video market Uh, there's a lot of not way there's a lot of crap original shit on netflix there absolutely is but I think yeah. the ceiling for quality, because they also did Roma, <laughs> so that, you know, to put that, it in perspective, that, that is true. Yeah, th- there is a much higher ceiling. And the thing with the community yeah. is, is that it doesn't need a big budget. It just needs to cast. It can look exactly the same as the TV show did, and no one like would give a shit. Like as, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. We just want the cast together again.
1: Yeah, m- most of your budget will be going
0: towards getting Donald Glover back. Pro- probably. I mean, what could it be like the, the, the ten or fifteen year reunion? <laughs> Of when they graduated or something, maybe that'll be the plot. Yeah, maybe that's what gets them all back under the roof. Uh, but they don't even need the, the campus, really. I mean, they, they, they probably will go there, but I don't think they need it. They, they could just be meeting up for a like a, a weekend or something, and that could be the plot. Who cares? Um, I mean, why they'd invite Chang to that is a good question because he's confirmed Ken Jung's confirmed to come back, but you know, that's that's that's, that's, a, that's a worry for them. Yeah, yeah, that that that's Stan Harman's problem, is what you're saying. Yeah. So my reaction to this was pop, pop. You know. That's, that's... <laughs> yeah. No,
1: I I saw it when I woke up this morning. I was like, huh, okay, weird.
0: Yeah. Delightful news. that's is that's, because that's I wasn't expecting it anymore, and it just it's come out of nowhere, and it's been like, hey, that dream you had once of getting the movies for this, it's actually going to happen, and. To be fair, I think in general, like when it comes to like something that was a comedy or a sitcom, it's like yeah, it's probably easier to do a movie for that because you know versus like a sci-fi show or a big genre show where they need a budget, they need like big effects and stuff. This
1: does not need a significant budget. Like, no, it's not in the grand scheme of things. This
0: can be a minuscule budget. No, I mean some of the cast, obviously, like Allison Breeze definitely bigger than she was at the time. Uh, Dog Glover's way bigger. Ken Jeong kind of is. Yeah,
1: I'll be willing to say like. Eighty percent of their budget will be going towards the cast, cast salary.
0: Yeah. Um, John I'd say he's probably about the same because he was already kind of on the soup and stuff. Yeah, at but the time. he's
1: willing to do a lot of stuff. True. Like, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and not even stuff that just like you know, you, you have actors who are like, hey, if you pay me, I'll do it. Uh, like Samuel L. Jackson springs to mind, right? He d- mm-hmm. he does some right shite because hey, it pays. Why not? Um, but John McHale, he has this thing where. He'll do a lot of things for for a you yeah know, uh, yeah yeah I'll do you a favour yeah yeah so I can definitely see yeah uh, you know he'll probably be one of the cheapest of, of them to get back
0: <laughs> very possibly uh they confirmed Jim Rash which is cool because you can't have community without the dean 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 yeah dean 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 <laughs> do you know what like that's coming back up and making me think of community again I am definitely watching all of it before this movie hits like it's def- yeah, you got a while, yeah Yeah, I'm definitely re- and I'll get through it quickly because it's like you know even though the first like three seasons are all 22 episodes it's still a 20 minute sitcom like I'm I'll fly through it absolutely fly weeks. through it yeah uh so I I'm delighted by this news uh excellent stuff so cool yeah uh, six scenes in a movie the prophecy was true uh, and then kind of, not, not the exact same kind of thing, but also kind of like a show becoming a movie story. Ah, yeah. Uh, so people were wondering a while back why they never brought up Armor Wars, which was the, you know, the War Machine-led, uh, show that we're going to do in Disney+. Uh, apparently, they're they're turning that into a movie instead, and the guy who was going to write it is still writing it. I think what's so funny to me about this is that my complaint with most of the Disney Plus Marvel shows is that they feel like movies are stretched out to six or more episodes, depending on what they are. So... In a weird way, I'm like, ah, right, this must be an easy conversion." There. <laughs> <'Cause> yeah,
1: <laughs> I think they said, "Oh, yeah, the the." Uh, it just felt like it was more more movie appropriate, like when they were like, you know, laying out. I'm like, yeah, that that's what most of them do. Did they say if it's going to be bumped into their theatrical schedule, or is this going to be still a, a Disney Plus movie?
0: That do you know what? I, that was the very first thing I thought. Is I assumed it's still a Disney Plus thing rather than an actual theatrical release. But it doesn't say. Uh, During this article. Because I... My gut instinct is...
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, you you think, ah, Disney Plus movie, because that's where it was anyway. But I assume they'll actually make significantly more money off it by making it a theatrical release. Uh, Because obviously they make a lot of money from the the TV shows by just the fact that, ah, they're spread over two to three months, wherever Mm -hmm. it's going to be. So you you get everyone hooked for... You know, two months worth of I mean, I, I, subs, whereas I, the movie.
0: I assume that to do that, they'll probably feel the need to have a couple of other big stars in it. I mean, don't get me wrong; I would be happy for Don Cheadle to be a star in a Marvel movie because it's you know what, give him his payday, like let him be the the center of attention for a change. I wonder
1: if the tree is an experiment though, like put it out as a theatrical hmm. one, like a, a smaller scale. Let's not market it quite to the same extent they do with a lot of other like marking on the same level that they do the disney plus shows which is still reasonable right you you still see it you're aware of it but it's not the same as any of the movies
0: i mean maybe they see this as kind of like well we don't have any new iron man movies coming because it's not like captain america where the role's been replaced so they're thinking oh war machine could kind of carry a movie perhaps especially if you know we're calling it armor wars rather than war machine so you can sort of like include maybe a couple of other big guests like maybe you'll get a couple of team members that will come and help them uh, you know, yeah. I know they're doing an Iron Heart show. Maybe she'll be in the movie to help him. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. You know, since she, obviously she's related in terms of character. So, yeah, uh, cool. another Iron Man character. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not excited about it. Like, I've, I'm not exactly enthusiastic about most Marvel stuff. But this was an interesting thing you read today. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, good for Cheadle. I'm happy that he gets a paycheck. <laughs> He's a good actor. Don't know. Right. Not agree with that? Uh, so we got a bunch of casting stories here that are you know interesting to various degrees uh first up is a lot more of the cast for the next true detective because obviously jodie foster's the uh the lead as was as was uh announced uh it's in are calling it season four they're calling it true detective night country which i think is smart it makes it even more standalone you know there's no numbers so you just i'm surprised they've not done this sooner yeah. I think it's because it's become a trend with like a American Crime Story and other shows like that. Uh, I think yeah. it's now a, an established thing. Uh, but the cast that they've added to this is is pretty cool. Uh, John Hawks has been added to the cast. Uh, he's been, I've seen him be very good in a few different things. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Eccleston has been added to the cast. Obviously, uh, The Leftovers, Doctor Who, so on. Uh, and also the villain from Gone in 60 Seconds, which, you know, not his shining moment by any means, but I think it's the first thing I saw, I man. <laughs> uh Fiona Shaw from Killing Eve and Finn Bennett uh from Domina. So I don't know the last couple, but uh uh Hawks I and Anderson are big names. People really like Killing Eve, though, so I imagine Oh sure. Yeah. That that's you know, she's fairly popular from that, I imagine. Yeah. So uh oh, and also Anna Lamb from Three Pines. Oh, sorry, I missed one at the end there. Uh so no, that's cool. I actually think I recognize Fiona Shaw. I think I've seen her in other things. Um in fact I want to say that she's in the Super Mario Brothers movie. What? <laughs> Look up Super Mario Brothers, the movie, and tell me if Fiona Shaw is uh there. She's like, yeah. the, she's like, the evil woman who's with uh Koopa. Yeah, she is. It's her, yes. It is her. Do you know what? she looks shockingly similar. Like, I mean, obviously she's aged a bit because that was like you know, twenty five years ago, but still. <laughs> yeah. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> o- almost 30 years. Almost thirty, not not far off. That I means you're almost thirty. Well, I had to put that. Shut up. <laughs> that came out in ninety three, and you're what ninety 94. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I know who she is.
0: Oh yeah. See. Oh. Uh, oh, there you go. So, uh, pretty cool. Um. There is a couple of little brief descriptions here. Hawks going to play Hank Pryor, a police officer. So not a criminal with priors, which I thought the pun might be, but never mind. I'm glad it's not. He's a police officer with old grudges hiding under a quiet surface. I can see Hawks playing that. Eckerson will play Ted uh, Corsaro, Curs- a regional chief of police and a political animal with a long history of tying, tying him to uh, Liz Danvers, which is Foster's character. Uh, Shaw is a uh, character called Rose, a survivalist, a uh, past full of secrets. Bennett will play a character named Peter, uh, Liz Danvers' protégé, and apprentice. Oh, there you go. She's going to have like, an apprentice. And then Lam will play Kayla Millie, a young nurse with a little patience for anybody that messes with her family. So... Uh, cool. I will say the the cast for this does make me think I'm definitely going to want to check out this standalone season. I think that's just the fact that it's a different writer means maybe maybe it's worth checking out. That's the biggest thing, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Issa Lopez being the the showrunner for. Yeah, it doesn't matter who at this point. Just just as long as it's not. Well, awesome. if it was someone else I knew I didn't like, I'd be less excited. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, like, hey, Tim Burton's True Detective season four. You know. <laughs>
1: I, I No, you'd watch that just to see what the hell that hell like. <laughs> you, you know you want to see Jill Just, just hear the Danny
0: Elfman like. boom, 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 as, as the true detective title comes up. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, next day. up uh, Dark Matter, which is the Apple show. We can play with the, the title being the same as the yeah. other show. But uh the hired a couple of engineers to cast. Alice Braga, who we've definitely seen in some things, uh, is by the cast. Uh, and then perhaps even more exciting is Jimmy Simpson from Westworld, It's All Sunny, and apparently Pachinko, uh, which is what this show says, or this article says, sorry. Sure, that, that's what people care about. But yeah, it's an adaptation of the sci-fi novel by Blake Crouch. This is the man who, man who goes to the, a different reality and tries to find his way home. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I, you know, it's an interesting enough show and some interesting names there that I thought it was worth uh, just throwing in. Uh Another better casting, uh Lisa Kudrow is going to be the lead in Tika Watiti's Time Bandits show on Apple.
1: Okay, I remember this vaguely. Being yeah, a being a
0: thing. thing, yeah. Um I do have ever seen Lisa Kudrow be the lead in something.
1: Co-lead. Like, no, like as in with just one other person I've seen. Not like obviously there's yeah. ensembles, but like I've seen a, like a co lead in um Oh my god, what's the road trip movie? The, the college, re- like, school reunion. Romeo and Michelle. <laughs> yeah, i would never say that.
0: Can I help you though? Yeah, great movie. She's
1: she's co-leading that.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe this is more of an ensemble, and I just mean she's one of the leads, but uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, yeah, Kudrow's going to play Penelope. Penelope. Uh... It doesn't give me a description for Penelope, unless it's in this <laughs> unless it's in this big meaty description here. Uh, the 1981 fantasy film, co-written and directed and produced by Gilliam, follows the time travel adventures of an 11-year-old history buff named Kevin, who one night stumbles on six dwarfs <laughs> who emerge from his closet. They are former workers of the Supreme Being who have stolen a map that chars all the holes in the space-time fabric, using it from to hop from one historical era to the next in order to steal riches. Throughout the movie, they meet various historical and fictional characters, including Napoleon, uh, Bonaparte, and Robin Hood. When the supreme, supreme being, being simultaneously tries to catch up to them and retrieve the map. I've never seen Time Bandits, so I, I was actually generally curious as to what it said. To, to the I, I probably should. Sounds like one I'd enjoy. I'm sure I'll do, I'll do it on the uh, Atomic Serum Experiment, or sci-fi movie podcast, over at Male Fuzz Movies. Go check it out. Or on your podcast feed if you want to search for it. Uh I'm sure we'll do it on that before the show starts, because it'll be a good reason to do it. But yeah. Uh yeah, I've never seen uh Tame Banders. Uh but okay. Yeah, she's gonna lead an ensemble cast, so that's that's the exact phrasing of this. Mm, okay. So clearly I don't think it's gonna follow the movie exactly because I mean it's not saying anything about I mean maybe there will be a kid, but it sounds like it's gonna so be one. She, more... She's definitely not an eleven year old. Yeah, definitely not the eleven year old boy, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, she's like 50-something now, <laughs> so I'd be surprised. She could be yeah. the mother of the 11-year-old boy, maybe. But, yeah, much more likely. I mean, she's, she's a bit of an older mother, I suppose, if she's like, oh, the, you know, only got an 11-year-old boy at that age, but it's, it's possible. So I uh, should actually find out how old she is at this point. She's, well, def- oh, she's oh. definitely 50-something, because all the Friends cast are in their 50s now, I think. Well, 59. Oh, she's almost 60. <laughs> yeah. Your grandmother grandmother <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah uh so yeah next story then um stars is going to rebrand outside of the u.s and canada so in canada and the u.s it's still going to be stars but in the rest of the world their streaming service slash package which you can get on some cable services uh most places have it on amazon as an amazon channel it's now going to be rebranded as Lionsgate Plus.
1: I would put money on the reason for this being that outside of the US, Disney Plus has the star section, which is their mm. like Hulu, Fox FX kind of content. And I think they don't want to be confused with that.
0: That wouldn't shock me. I think I also read something this week though that Lionsgate want to try and separate Lionsgate and stars as like not not necessarily split them up in terms of like not own that anymore, but separate what the brands are to some extent. So it's interesting that they're they're going down this route in the international countries, but you may be right. Maybe Disney's the big reason for this.
1: Uh, I mean, I could be completely wrong. It could be nothing to do with it, but I feel like that maybe diluted their brand recognition a little bit.
0: I would also argue that S.T.A.R.S. didn't have much brand recognition outside of the U.S. Because like, it's always been a channel in the U.S., whereas everywhere else, well, I, mean, I can't speak for everywhere else, but at least out in the U.K., it only just became a thing as an Amazon channel at, you know, in the yeah. last like five years or whatever it's been. Um, it's not really a big name here, whereas Lionsgate, you know, people see that logo at the start of movies, they, 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 they hear that word, they know, they know Lionsgate well they know S.T.A.R.S. Oh, 100%, yeah. The the one exception to this, uh, wildly is is there's the fact that HBO managed to become a recognizable brand in the UK despite the fact that there's no HBO channel here is absolutely it's exceptional. Just, it's just that HBO brand, you know, that pop up at the start of that yeah, shows. That's it's all it on is. all
1: of them. That that that's just the power of that branding.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely insane how well they've got that brand like recognized all over the world when. A lot of the places don't even have HBO itself, but it doesn't matter. They still people still know what a HBO show is. Yeah, I think most of their shows over here traditionally aired on Sky
1: Atlantic. Um, uh, but you you stick that HBO logo,
0: still at the the yeah. start, and everyone's like, "Oh, okay, that's what we're doing." Yeah, once we to twenty twenty five, that may change a bit, but yeah, at least, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. no Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, whereas you know, I mean, yeah we pay a bit more attention to this and what what shows come from what networks and things. So yeah, we know about stars, but I don't think most regular people outside of the US and Canada do know about stars. No, I'd be surprised if they did. So maybe this is also a push that we're going to try and actually like build it and get more content on it and actually make it like, hey, get Lionsgate Plus, it's worth having. Yes. So this next one, I didn't originally have in this section. I was going to put it in the, the new shows section because there's a couple of shows attached to it. But when I got this story about S.T.A.R.S. rebranded to Lionsgate, plus I had to put this right after it, Epics are going to rebrand <laughs> as, do you want to guess? Is, is it guessable? It is. If you know which studio owns Epics, it's very guessable. Oh, I can't remember who owns Epics. <laughs> I couldn't have told you. I was actually, when I read this, I went, oh, they own Epics. Fair enough. <laughs> Go on. MGM+. <laughs> Oh, okay. So technically Amazon now, I suppose. But yeah, I was going to say,
1: that's a weird one when Amazon
0: bought all that out, right? Yeah, but they're still keeping MGM as a brand, and I guess they're growing it in that sense, because now it's going to have a, a service that you can... Uh,
1: yeah, try. it just seems so weird for Amazon to want that to be a separate thing, when they could just bolster Prime.
0: Uh, well, FX is a, is a channel as well, so... It is, yeah. You know. That, oh. It is, yeah. So, Epics has been rebranded as MGM Prime. i Prime. MG, that's your fault. MGM Plus. Uh, so there's a I lot of... should use Prime. A lot of these pluses. It would have linked them together, wouldn't it? Cause you'd, yeah. Uh, and it has a channel on Amazon Prime as well you can get, so presumably, you know, they're still benefiting from it existing. You'd think so, yeah. Uh... uh so the cable network and streaming service is getting a new name, and identity, as well as a couple of new shows that they've announced. Uh, it joins Disney Plus, Discovery Plus, Paramount Plus, ESPN Plus, and Bet Plus, and also Lionsgate Plus, as we've just <laughs> talked and about. Apple TV Plus. Oh yeah, they left that one out. Yeah, weird. Uh, so this comes after MGM bought out Viacom and Lionsgate stake in Epix, so MGM owned it wholly. And then Amazon obviously just acquired MGM. So this is owned by Amazon. Uh, so as part of the rebrand, which will continue to be available in the US on Prime Video Cable, Telco, Satellite, has handed out a number of new show renewals. Some of them are just non, uh, they're non-scripted. They're, but there's a couple here that are worth mentioning. Uh, so first up is Hotel Cocaine, <laughs> which comes from uh, Narcos Chris Brancato and has been handed in the episode order uh uh yeah so hotel cocaine which was revealed in development in february is a story of roman compter i'm sure i don't know if i'm saying that name right uh the cuban exile cia operative and general manager of the mutiny hotel at the glamorous epicenter of the miami cocaine scene of the late 70s and early 80s uh, it was Cas the hotel immunity was casablanca on cocaine literally uh, a glitzy nightclub, restaurant, and hotel frequented by Florida businessmen and politicians, international narcos, CIA and FBI agents, models, sports cars, and musicians, particularly the up-and-coming Latin acts who came from South America with their instruments and four kilos of cocaine in their suitcases. Uh, Comte was the at the center, doing his best to keep it all going and fulfill his own American dream. So, this sounds like being very stylish. Yeah, this sounds like the sort of thing that I don't think appeals to me. Um, but it feels like something that belongs there just based on what else I've noticed is on Epics. I think. Or at least the the, the yeah. vibe I get from their branding.
1: Yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah. Again, not being for me, but not being a bad
0: show either. Yeah. Um. And then the other show that they've been like here, um, Belgravia? Or maybe Belgravia? Belgravia. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of this place?
1: So uh, assume it's a place. Yeah.
0: Sounds like a place. <laughs> yeah, the name, name's definitely familiar. Okay, well, Belgravia uh, was a, a limited series, and they're getting another series called Belgravia, the next chapter. So uh, the original series was written by Downton Abbey creator Julian Fellows, and it was based on his novel. Uh, it was an epic show in April 2020, and was a co-production with ITV. Uh, Belgravia. The next chapter will pick up in 1865, which is 25 years after the events in the first show. Uh, developed by Helen Edmondson, who wrote the Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix fronted feature Mary Magdalene, uh, it will tell the love story of Frederick Trenchard, who has grown up uh, as the third Lord Glanville, and his new love interest Claire Dunn. Uh, sorry, Clara Dunn who is a newcomer to the London Society. Unaware that his birth was the product of an affair between his mother Susan and the scoundrel John Belazis, a troubled childhood has left Frederick deeply insecure, which challenges his courtship of marriage to Clara. This sounds like something that is so not for me, I can't even begin to comment on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, you you, you can have it, epics slash MGM+. I want no part of it um yeah 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 it's kind of weird that they're keeping the, the streaming side of it you, you would think they'd keep the channel air things on it but then all the content would go to prime maybe after a window or something you'd think
1: the only the only reason i can think otherwise is selling it as an add-on channel must make them enough that they're like now we're keeping this going
0: well, I wonder if it's also, like, the ad revenue of the channel itself. Oh, maybe it doesn't have ads, actually. Maybe it's a premium channel. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because of where MGM-based, even even though Amazon own it, because they're maybe in a different city or different state that has different tax, like, rules and stuff, maybe there's, like, a reason to keep it going and not just mer- merge it in completely. Maybe. You know, as a, in the same way that Disney have still got 20th century studios as a subdivision, maybe it just makes sense for MGM to still have their TV side.
1: Could be. Yeah, could be just as simple as
0: that. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, so, curious. A uh, couple of new either animated or comedy shows to talk about. Uh, Peacock is doing an adult cartoon, uh, which... Is handed a series order, straight-to-series order, for In The Know, an adult animated series from Beavis and Butthead, makes Judge, and Silicon Valley star, Zach Woods. Um, Yeah, the series is centred around Lauren Caspian, who is NPR's third most popular host. He's a well-meaning hypocritical nimrod, just like you and me. He's also a stop-motion puppet. <laughs> Each episode follows the making of an episode of Lauren's show, In The Know in which Lauren conducts an in-depth interviews with real-world human guests. Lauren collaborates with a diverse crew of NPR staff, who are also puppets and nimrods. I'm, I'm feeling Alan Partridge, but with puppets. It sounds like the guests won't be puppets, though. They're, they're going to, so it's going to be real humans, and then everyone else is a puppet. Yeah. Do you
1: know what I'm getting vibes of? Um, you know when HBO did that Muppets show, where they did it like... Uh, like the behind-the-scenes of the Muppets show, sort of thing. Like that the H- style. That, or... was, that
0: wasn't uh, HBO. It was HBO? Wasn't it for a year? Oh, I, I'm sure this was a kind of, this was a kind of ABC or NBC show. I I swear it was HBO. This was a network show. I remember watching some of it. And people complained it was too adult in humor for the Muppets. They wanted more kid friendly. Was that not on HBO? This was around 2015, 2016. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that was, on... was that around the time of HBO, like, but when it started going over around that? I don't know. I, don't
0: know. I think it was. For some reason, I was convinced. Yeah, right? it wasn't but... that adult, but yeah, it was. It was too adult. No, so no, the but,
1: <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, I'm getting vibes of that as well.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: you know, with the uh, still having, you know, regular people kind of being a, a key part of it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I don't really know the, I mean, I think the actor, I think I reckon, I think he was the, uh, one of the later characters in the office, this guy. Okay. Kind of the young guy in the last couple seasons. I his name it was, like, Glenn or something like that.
1: I know who you're on about. Kind of the smartish, slick back hair.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of sort of tall and skinny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen him in a few things. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the actor here, just to go from the picture. I think that's who that is. But you know. <laughs> uh, Alright. Next up. Oh, here it is. Stan time. Stan, Stan,
1: Stan. What, what everyone has been waiting for this entire show. Sean Penn This is so much better than I could have expected already.
0: <laughs> and Matthew Fox. Uh, mm-hmm. from Lost, most people know him from our party of five uh, who by the way is looking a lot older in this photo than I was expecting him to I know it's been a while since Lost but he looks like he's pushing age, you know he's, you know, he's getting old now um, <clears throat> maybe it's just a bad photo, but anyway uh, they have been cast as the leads in an Australian satirical comedy for a streaming service Stan um, <laughs> and it is, uh, it is it was a deal been struck with ITV so in the UK, it's going to be exclusive to ITV's new streaming services launching called ITVX. Did you know about this? I did, because there's a whole thing with, um, so BritBox was meant
1: to be this whole service which brought together...
0: BBC, mostly... ITV, and Channel 4, I think.
1: Yeah. um, But obviously they also had their own services alongside it. And one of them basically kind of bought BritBox out. I can't remember which one it is, it's kind of transferring over to them by, more towards the end of this year, I think, or early next year. Hmm. Um, so everyone's kind of back to doing their own things again.
0: Interesting. Britbox is a name, sounds like a Channel 4 thing, so I hope it was them, but I don't actually know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I just use Britbox to watch Doctor Who, and it's
0: great for that, because it has all the Doctor Who. Oh yeah, it's all Doctor Who. You have to have all Doctor Who. I,
1: I do. I, I do want all of the Doctor Who. <coughs>
0: It's great. Who bought brick Box? Have you found out yet?
1: No. It, it was too long ago this was announced, but okay. it's not showing up in my news.
0: All right. Well, anyway, so this is going to be uh, on Stan and then ITVX, and who knows uh, where else uh go. It says it's Fermental, or fermental sorry, are going to do international distribution, uh, so I'm sure they'll ship it to other places. But normally these two actors aren't, you know, these these are American stars that you've got in this show, so it has appeal I'd say to everywhere, really. Um so yeah, it's an Australian satirical comedy. It's called Caught, but notably there's like a you know, a star between each letter. So it's kinda of spelled out. Hmm. Um it's a six part series and it's coming from Kick Gurry, who worked on Edge of Tomorrow. And uh a bunch of local talent, uh, starring with them. But Caught follows four Australian soldiers sent on a secret mission to a war-torn country. Mistaken for Americans, they are captured by freedom fighters and produce a hostage video that goes viral. When the soldiers reach celebrity status, they realize that being caught might just be the best thing that could have ever happened to them. Okay. So that's that this year. Like... your premise. Yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just delighted to see Stan be brought
1: up. Yeah, me too. And, then... and just for the record, I, I found out this BritBox news as well. Oh, just Again, for the whole three people that care. But it's, it's interesting. Uh, it was ITV that bought it out. And ITV are going to be, full, uh, uh, you know, again, this isn't actually confirmed yet. This is all kind of like, this is the, what's expected to happen is it's expected to
0: get folded into ITVX. See, I assumed it wasn't ITV because they're launching ITVX. I, I made a-, a deduction based on the fact that they've got their own service launching, yes. but it wouldn't be them. And, uh, but
1: ITVX a... are launching with, uh, like, two tiers, ad-free and then, yeah, Wait, subscription.
0: Why did they bother buying Prepbox if they were to use the name? They could just launch their own service.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand. That's weird. Anyway. I just hope it means that Doctor <sighs> Who will live somewhere. Well, the BBC I, I, it put it somewhere surely. Yeah, yeah, it will be, but it depends whether they'll just continue a deal to keep it on there in the BritBox brand, because they might still keep the BritBox brand under you know as part of like a, a subcategory in ITVX, mm. uh, in in the same way that you know we talk about like Disney Plus as like the Star se- section for that branding. Okay. Okay. Um, so maybe, maybe I just I just want to be able to keep watching Doctor Who. That that's all I want. I'm not asking
0: for much. Just all, you know, 700 episodes. episodes. Alright, on to the dramas. And, you know, this might be slightly overshadowed because Community's getting its movie, but there was a big story from last week that I was pumped to talk about, and it's still very much the main event of this week. Last week was a long time ago. (laughs) I don't remember. Vince Gilligan's new show... Okay, yes. I, I remember. Right? So, it's got a series order at Apple TV+, two seasons. They've ordered two seasons of this baby, so we're guaranteed two seasons of this show. And the best news is that the lead of this show has been cast. Rhea Seahorn is the lead of Vince Gilligan's new show. Yeah. That's great. There, this, is, this is nothing but glowing, great news. Uh, so It's great because... She deserves to be leading the show. She she deserves can to have that spotlight. Finally, get some uh, lead actress Emmy wins. Yeah, and it's a it's a sci-fi show, which is exciting. Um, yeah, and you know, I don't know if I'll be able to. I can only put so many characters in the title. I almost want to try and make a pun because Vince Gilligan did did guest star in an episode of Community once. <laughs> so these two things have joined together in harmony <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. It was a really random you're just, cameo. You're just lucky
1: that we've got two separate weeks of news here to, to match yeah. them
0: together. That's true. That's true. But it was a really random cameo as well because he just he was on like a TV screen at one point. I went, is that Vince Gilligan? I'm sure that's Vince Gilligan, and it, it was Vince Gilligan. Uh, anyway, so no, this is this is uh, great news. Obviously, we heard rumblings of what this show was going to be uh, or that it was in the works a, a bit ago, but this is the official thing. There's no title yet. It's untitled right now. Uh, good. That'll come in time. That's fine. Uh, but it's, uh, they describe it as a blended, grounded genre drama, which, you know, is a really fruity way of saying things, but, um, you know, it's going to, to lean towards sci-fi in some way. Um, we don't really know too much about what else, but we got Rhea Seahorn in the lead. We have two seasons guaranteed. What more could you ask for? I mean, more seasons, I suppose, but you know, that's fine. Well, I'm sure it'll be renewed this way. I'm not worried about we'll, it. We'll worry about those later yeah i'm yeah. not worried about that vince galligan clearly can do whatever he wants and i've got a feeling that once he was done with the Saul breaking bad universe everywhere else was gunning to get him like come and yeah, do a yeah. show for us like there's no because obviously he had to do that with amc in some capacity because they presumably own or at least have first dibs on the, the the property which is pretty fair yeah yeah which is fine like i get that but it makes sense that once he was leaving that world, that it was like, okay, he can work anywhere now. So Apple TV, pump a lot of Who, money into things. Who's throwing the cash at him, yeah. Yeah, so um, I am... A-okay. I, I, This is so weird. The, the, the reversal I have between now and 2017 when I was mocking that Apple were going to start a streaming service but we're at a point now where I'm far more hopeful for things Apple are making than I am about Netflix. It's so weird how things have switched.
1: And they had such a bad launch day as well, if you remember did, that yeah. experience we had. just
0: we, You couldn't watch anything. We struggled just to watch the episodes, and then the episodes weren't even like, good. Yeah, the web browser player was absolutely horrendous. Um, and admittedly, yes, I kind of, in a way, did what they wanted me to do, which is buy Apple hardware to watch stuff. But that wasn't for their originals. That was just for other things. But That was irrelevant to their streaming service, though. Ultimately,
1: that was already existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you didn't you didn't buy the hardware for the streaming. No, service. no, you that, was, it that was that for the movie quality. And then you, you're yeah. like, well, well, I've got it.
0: I I mean, I already had the Apple app on my uh, Fire Stick that I had before. You know. Yeah. Uh, which I I I used to buy a few movies. I never actually used this. I never paid for the service. When I got the Fire TV, it was here half a year, and then at some point, PlayStation said, "Have another six months." so the, i've the, actually the, the apple tv said that not the fire tv just the, the apple fire. sorry um i've actually still not paid for a month of apple tv i'm coming up near the end of my free 18 months but <laughs> like i've had a good run <laughs> yeah i not paying for any apple tv but to be honest it's a pretty cheap price and the quality is really good so as long as there's something to watch i'm actually not that against paying it to be honest so
1: yeah for me it's one of those that i'll Get when I want things. Oh sure, sure, sure. So like I'll I'll pick it up when the next season of Ted Lasso starts, and then probably watch some other stuff that's on there.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm while working through, uh, for all mankind just now. Severance was great. Vince Gilligan's got a new show coming. Like you know, Severance yeah, yeah, season two. Yeah, obviously to
1: when when Gilligan's new show drops, yeah I'll pick up Apple TV for that.
0: Hmm. that that'll be a must. Aye. Yeah. You'll do a lot of new shows. I've got a funny feeling you're going to. Be inclined to want to be involved in a review of this one. It, it's, it's possible. It's yeah, a, just a sneaking well, suspicion that you're going yeah, to yeah. come crawling. I don't want to do the hard work and do all the crappy pilots the patrons make you do, but I'll do the Vince Gilligan show. Well, I'm saying I'll, I'll be watching this
1: either way. <laughs> it's up to you whether you want me there or not. I don't have to be there,
0: but I'm going to watch it. Oh, dear. All, all good news. All right, next up uh this is a big pretty good story from last week uh so hbo are developing a scanners tv show uh so scanners the movie was a david Cronenberg film from 1981 uh a sci-fi movie a bit of a horror as well uh infamous for the head explosion scene yeah. which uh you've probably seen gift online if you haven't seen the movie so uh black mirror writer william bridges i don't know what episodes of black mirror he wrote but uh notable all the same uh is writing and set to be a showrunner on it. Uh, Lovecraft Country director Jan uh, Demange is on board to direct. So I liked how that show was directed as well, may I add. So potentially a good pair of names here. Um, he wrote uh, USS Callister and Chopin oh and That's two of the best episodes. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I would argue that's the second and third best episode of that show. Mm, yeah, I might be inclined to agree. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Uh, pay attention. Yes. So, yeah, William Bridges is writing, and one of the directors from Lovecraft Country is directing. So. He also wrote an episode of Stranger Things. Oh, can keep, them, keep the hits coming, though. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, so, the Felon Fold Scanners, which are sort of psychics uh, with telepathic powers uh, that are kind of slowly taking over uh, the world. Um, the series is set in a main-bending world of Cronenberg's film. Pursued by relentless agents with unimaginable powers, two women living on the fringes of modern-day society must learn to work together to topple a vast conspiracy determined to bring them to heel. Uh, so, yeah, clearly it's going to take the premise, not necessarily the characters that were in the original film, and build a show yeah. around it. I, I can totally see how you turn this into a show. It's actually very easy to think about. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, this... People with this, you know, these credits attached to their names, yeah, <laughs> give me it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were saying, oh yeah, Black Mirror, Raya, What, which episodes? There's very few episodes that could have been that make you less interested.
0: I think if you he, if you'd said like maybe there's a couple from season four and five that I may have been like, eh, okay, you know. Yeah, but 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 it, but it wasn't those. No, it was it was, yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So, um. Well, there you go. That's Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, news. So,
1: so it's on the radar now, basically. It's
0: very much on the radar. I, I feel bad for this because this would have been big enough to be in the the title of the video. But because I've got two weeks of news and I've got Vince Gilligan and community, community. yeah, you know, this isn't going to make the cut. But it would have done otherwise. I just want everyone to know that.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to know you didn't try hard enough to make a, a clever sentence using all of them. <laughs>
0: Vince Gilligan watches Scanners also as a community movie. <laughs> yeah, you'll be more creative than that. Alright, uh, next up. Uh, so this Radical Act, which is the production company owned by Don Cheadle, funnily enough, who obviously we mm. were talking about earlier, uh, has optioned Hannah Rose May's image comic series called Rogue's Gallery, uh, apparently in a competitive situation, uh, to develop it as a TV show. So, May wrote, May wrote and created the high concept home invasion thriller, which is set against the backdrop of toxic fandom and obsession, uh, which has art by Marvel's spider punk artist Justin Mason. Credit to Deadline for including the artist to the comic book. I always appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Rosie's ga- uh, sorry, Rosie's Gallery. <laughs> Rogue's Gallery follows Maisie Wade, who has just quit her role as the Red Rogue, a massively popular comic book character. But when her abrupt exit from Red Rogue's hit TV series leads to unceremonious cancellation, Maisie finds herself trapped in her own home by a group of unhinged superfans. dressed up in the cosplay of Red Rogue's arch villains. These diehards want to teach Maisie a lesson. If Maisie wants to survive the night, she must become the hero she has always she's grown to despise. I'll be honest, that is a great premise. That sounds kind of fun, yeah. I'm into it. This sounds like um a darker, like, galaxy quest to me, where it's going to, like, tackle the darker side of, like, fandom and, like, the modern world. It does, with, like, some inspiration from something like
1: kick for example.
0: Sure. This that. idea that she's going to have to, like, kind of become the hero she was to save herself. It's yeah. Kind of an interesting... You know, and that's the galaxy quest part as well, is the idea that she has to do it for real, to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So... I mean, I've not read the comic, I have no idea what the quality's like, but I, I can't deny that there's a good premise in there.
1: It is, which, you know, I mean, it's a good standpoint. Not, not everything has that.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, so, no, Uh very curious. Mm. Uh, next up, AMC has opened writers' rooms for a couple of shows. Uh, so they've got a couple of things in the works here. Um, so... They've owned writers' room for seconds, uh, which is a a radical reimagining of a cult classic with a female lead leader centre. Um, they both come from *Halt and Catch Fire*. Uh, wait, what? They all, come, they both come from the creative auspices behind cult, uh, cult AMC drama *Halt and Catch Fire*. Um, is what I try to say. The second show is called *The Devil in Silver*, which is a psychological horror story. So I've got, I've got descriptions for both here. Uh, Seconds, based on the novel by David Ellie, uh, or Eli, maybe, uh, is from creator, executive producer, and showrunner Mark Lafferty, uh, who was writer, surprising producer on Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, In seconds, when Claire Munro's world is suddenly turned upside down, she's given a chance to start life over with a clean slate. But can she really leave everything behind, or will she find herself driving back into the mysteries of her past? Mm, It's close.
1: It's close, but that's,
0: that's not
1: quite there.
0: It's close.
1: It is, it's, close. Look, it's close. But there's there's plenty more to go yet. Yeah, let's uh let us not rush to get me to the ball. I'm sure something will get me there
0: at some point legitimately, and it will feel more earned. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Devil and Silver, or well, The Devil and Silver, I should say, would be the first season in a potential horror anthology series. So I guess different story each season. Uh, for EMC and MC, uh, that will feature average people caught up in horrific stories in today's world. It's from creator and executive producer Victor Laval, uh, based on his novel of the same name, and showrunner Christopher Cantwell. Uh, so, and that's the co cool executive of Hot and Catch Fire. Yeah. Cantwell, I believe I know, is a comic book writer as
1: well now. Um, oh, really? I I believe he just was... I mean, he might still be, I don't know, but he's he been writing uh, Iron Man for, for Marvel. okay, okay. And I think he's currently writing the current Buffy comic,
0: I want to say. okay. Season one tells the story of Pepper, a working-class man from Queens, who, through a combination of bad luck and a bad temper, finds himself wrongfully committed to a psychiatric hospital. There, he must contend with other patients, doctors... Who harbor a dark secrets of their own, and perhaps even a true and even more terrifying evil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Reasonable premise. But, you know,
1: it's not the uh, it's not the most original thing that I've ever heard, but we're still lacking a lot of good horror on TV. So, it's possible that this is you know got some room to explore that that you know we don't see it in a movie. Cause it's pretty. Standard premise.
0: Did you keep going? whilst I had to go deal with the cat thing. I, I did. I did. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm I, heard, I heard scratching in the distance. I need to go and let him out of wherever he's trapped in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I'm always down for. Uh...
1: I, I was I was basically just saying it's uh. It's not like we have, loads of horror on TV still, even now. So yeah. it's not the most original premise, but yeah, there's still you
0: know. Oh, definitely, explored. I'm definitely down to like give more horror shows a try. Some of them have been kind of stinky, but you know, there's always a chance. Yeah, it'll be something good. So, uh, no, that's cool. That's uh, The Devil in Silver, and the other one, which was more of a drama, was uh Seconds. So, uh, those are two shows that AMC is developing right now. Uh, next. Up, best-selling author Melissa De la Cruz, uh, her young young adult fantasy novel *The Ring and the Crown* is getting a series adaptation at Disney Plus, uh, from 20th Century Television and a bunch of others. Uh, written by veteran showrunner Aaron Herberts and Gretchen J Berg, the series now in development is set in an Arthurian world in which magic exists. It centers on Princess Marie Victoria, the heir to the mightiest empire in the world who is being forced into a political marriage, and her dear friend, Alwyn, uh, Meridian, uh, the bastard daughter of Merlin, who is being forced into service of the crown. The annual London season is just beginning, and the noble families from across the globe are gathering to flaunt their wealth and magic at lavish parties. Behind the scenes, Marie Marie Victoria, (laughs) Alwyn, and others are making moves to secure political power, true love, and their futures.
1: Okay. I was slightly interested when it was Arthurian World, but it
0: it seems a bit not quite to uh, you know, aim towards me, ultimately. I recently did a pilot called Vampire Academy, and I feel like this is just mm-hmm, the same mm-hmm. thing, but instead of vampires, it's magic wizards or something
1: <laughs> maybe i i i've read some of those vampire academy books a long long time ago when they first came out oofed. so i i know what those are yeah oofed that's all i'm yeah. saying
0: uh so also political power true love in their futures i mean it's it's skirting the line uh, personal and professional but it's, it's just not it's quite, so close it's not quite there Oh well. Next up. Uh, Jim Henson's company is developing a drama series. Uh, All of a Kind Family, based on books by Sydney Taylor. Uh, published in 1951. Uh, All of a Kind Family provided Jewish-American children with a way to see themselves and their experiences reflected in an authentic way. It follows five sisters, Ella, Henny, Sarah, Charlotte, and Gertrude, uh, through a year of their childhood. So
1: okay yeah kind of vague in that you know i don't really know what the show will be beyond just that that kind of
0: core idea i i mean i do presume it's going to be it doesn't say a limited series anywhere so i assume that the idea is that you could keep going with it as they grow up and that's true yeah yeah so i, I guess in and sort of more traditional tv way this is more just like a premise to start with that you can keep going from as opposed to be something that has like a definitive I mean, obviously, the book had an ending, I'm sure, but, like, this seems like something that you could theoretically just keep going with if you wanted to. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So that's that. Uh, Next up, Hulu's ordered an eight-episode limited series called Under the Bridge. Uh, Based on Rebecca Godfrey's book about the 1997 true story of a 14-year-old who went to join friends at a party and never returned home. Seven teenage girls and a boy were accused of savage murder. This is Hulu limited series, um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: They're doing the the
1: kind of the true crime angle, basically, which pretty much tends to not appeal to me that much.
0: Yeah, and there was some controversy this week actually about the Dahmer show that's on. uh a... I I saw a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see too much of it, but it was basically like some of the the families of the victims. Uh, were upset about how some of the their, like, loved ones were being portrayed and the tone of everything and all that. Um, Which, you know, is something that I don't think about too much because I've never, you know, been connected to any real stories that have been made into a, a TV show or a movie. But there is maybe an argument for, like, waiting until much later when, you know, everyone who's directly related to it is, is gone before you start doing quirkier interpretations of it or something like that, you know? I will say it should be off the shelf forever. No,
1: no, I've definitely seen people say it kind of like, kind of glorifies a little bit, Mm. you know, by doing it about these actual real people. And, you know, this, this is stuff that happened. And now it's just entertainment, because it's not like it's a documentary series, right? Uh, Which would be different. And it's not like it's, oh, we're just gonna make it up, we're gonna, you know, it, it might be inspired by this and that, you know, loosely, but
0: it's, it's very specific. And it's not like, because um, I would say something like Mindhunter, which the killers are real, and obviously they may be bringing up real victims, but it's always just about, like, we never necessarily see, like, you know, but we're always hearing what the killers' methods were and how they were looking at the events, rather than portraying who the victims were, you know, yeah. in those stories. Where, So I, I do think it's like, I don't think this should be, like, I, I think you can go back, you know, a couple of hundred years and do a goofy version of something, or uh, whether it be satirical, look at something like Jojo Rabbit, right? Like well, that's taking a very serious topic and doing the satire of it, which has got very funny elements to it, and it's got a really good message ultimately. And maybe the people who are upset with with Dahmer feel that the message isn't quite there, and that's why it's partly upsetting. But I I do think that maybe there is an argument if if you're really going to do something that's a certain tone or whatever, maybe yeah, like don't pick something where the people directly related to it are still around to see it. Yeah, mm, you know. Um it's, yeah, it a bit it, yeah, it's, it's one thing like someone's grandkid who vaguely knows what happened to their grandparent is seeing the show versus the person who, you know, was their brother or sister or or spouse or whatever. The the parent, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's no, an et- interesting topic uh to, to go back to. But uh yeah, so this is um under the bridge. Um so de- dealing with a, a a big notable crime uh from nineteen ninety seven. Which I assume it was one that got a lot of publicity at the time. Presumably, yeah. yeah. But I was eight, so I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, Next up, uh, The Butcher and the Wren, a crime novel written by Elena uh, Urkehart, co-host of the hit podcast Morbid. I need to write a book. Get some TV residuals. Uh, So Chernobyl producer... Uh, Sister is adapting the book as a series with Dexter and C, executive producer, both shows which I don't think are very good. Uh, Jennifer Yale is served as showrunner. Uh, So the book, which has already sold 70,000 copies since its publication 10 days ago, at the time of this article going up, (laughs) uh, is published by Zando. Um... Yeah, hold on, what's the description of the goddamn show? i got a lot of fluff here. Alright, The Butcher and the Wren uh, comes from the Julian perspectives of a notorious serial killer and a medical examiner following his trail of victims, leveraging her encyclopedic knowledge of historical crimes to try and stop him as he gets more brazen by the day. Okay, it's not a crime thing, but I will say there's something to that concept, if they stick to it really strictly, that I do think is a little interesting. Okay. Like, if you see the killer doing something, and then you see the examiner kind of piece some of it together, or maybe letting her cut between them as she's piecing it. Like, I could see there being kind of like a, a narrative hook to this potentially. Yeah, there's a bit more to it, as opposed to just oh, they're investigating a you know a crime. I can see them using like, the, the the investigation of the body and the autopsy and stuff as kind of like a like a framing device that kind of like sets up like. I'm, I'm kind of thinking. Um, do you remember the Hannibal show where he would, like,
1: do the vision thing and, like, recreate. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of of almost treat it like that, but for more extended periods, you know, than just those kind of one-sequence events that they did in that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, you know, there's some potential there. Uh, There's no destination for it yet, but uh, the the company's sister uh, has done shows for HBO, AMC, BBC, so, I mean, there's a lot of places that but they've got basically anywhere at this point, yeah. then. So they, they could they could go anywhere with it. Uh, that's the butcher and the wren. Uh, so next up, Drew Goddard, his mm. ABC pilot has been ordered. Uh, this is the one that's based on the French H.I.P. series. We talked about this very recently. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but it's officially ordered now, so it was worth mentioning. Uh, this is the one where it's the cleaner and the police station who turns out to really good at solving puzzles <laughs> and like putting things together. Oh, this this is the Fox show that wasn't on Fox. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, so, very good. Uh, also, the photo they've got in the article, which I presume is from the French show that this is based on, like the the, the mother who's like pushing her like baby in the pram looks like she's like out of the nineties, like with the the purple jacket and like the 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 ginger bangs. She's very nineties looking. Okay. Yeah, maybe the show's from the nineties. I don't know, but I'm assuming Maybe maybe it was set in the nineties. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but, there you go, that's, uh... No, it's untitled right now, but it's, uh... uh HIP. Yeah. Oh. So. um, So, finally, on the news this week, uh, wrapping up things, while Fox brings the goods, we'll find out. <laughs> go on. So, what, uh... What... What law enforcement body do you think this shows about? <laughs> God, it's untitled, so I can't give you a title as a hint. Oh, okay.
1: Is there any way you can tell me part of the description without telling me the the, the agency? No, I,
0: I can see if I can get it. Well, I'll, I'll skip the first part because the first part just says it's set, and this, yeah. th- uh. I mean, it basically just describes. Uh, Actually, no, okay, the second I mean, paragraph doesn't. I'll go back and read the first paragraph after. Go on then. <laughs> It'll follow Blank's first female chief as she leads his elite major crimes unit, and the, uh also must contend with the mafia, governors from two states, the MIPD, and the FBI for her own powerful and her own powerful police union. All while managing the tangled, messy lives of her team. Oh, that's almost. Personally. No, no, that is that,
1: that is, is yeah yeah that hundred percent is yeah um Ooh. so so you know it's
0: not NYPD or FBI but, but I was
1: leaning towards MYPD until until you said that but
0: obviously I wouldn't be asking this question if it was just the police because that's what they usually are NYPD M- and FBI are commonly used uh, they are yeah
1: but uh, honestly up until that point it was sounding like NYPD. Uh, is it a specific department within... Is it a police organisation?
0: Uh, I, I don't know if they're technically classed as within the police, but they're definitely... Mm. Like, I would see them as a sister to the police, at, at least. Oh, well, I don't know. The then. government's well, paying for their, their salaries. <laughs> I'm sure of that. <laughs> is it tax-related? no. No. It's the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey.
1: Oh, I was never going to get that. The Port Authority. Oh, piss off.
0: <laughs> the first paragraph for the description is, The Untitled series is set amongst the Port Authority oh. Police Department, which yeah. is responsible for all the threats yeah. and criminal activity at the New York and New Jersey's bridges, tunnels, airports, seaports, and the World Trade Center. Yeah, 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 piss off. Why is the World Trade Center included in this list? Why not? Or, I mean, or, or not in the but why Why in real life is, is the Port Authority dealing with the World oh. Trade Center? Is it because there's people there from, like, other... countries, so it's, like, treated, like, almost like international grounds in a way? I have no idea. Maybe? That's the only thing I can think of. Because everything else there, uh, you know, tunnels, airports, seaports, you know, it's all... It all makes sense, yeah. yeah. Ports. Aye. It's a financial port. Ooh, you've got it. <laughs> uh, I, I would have thought that just falls under the regular police jurisdiction, but you know whatever. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I just I laughed when I saw this because you know the headline was "Port Authority Drama Series" in the words that works of Fox, and I just burst out laughing. I'm like, oh my god, they're scraping every possible like agency they can to.
1: Yeah, I was I was never gonna get that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. There you go. That's the the final story of the week. I trust you enjoyed that. Thrilling end, yeah. I'm sure sure you had fun. Uh, That is the news. Uh, There you go. So, yes. Uh, We should warn you, actually, uh, there'll be a news episode next week, uh, but there will not be one the week after, because I'm actually taking the week off. So there'll be a week without news. So don't worry about it. It's all in the planning.
1: Yeah the the, the may or may not be jumbo news afterwards we'll see all uh, we'll see <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see if,
0: if you can be asked I'll I'll do my job I'll go back and check that we can use not diligently you won't I'll look for the big things I look for, yeah yeah you'll you'll cherry pick yeah uh, the juicy stuff that we missed I'll make you'll sure cherry pick yeah that's all right I I have creative license to you know yeah, prioritize. So there you go. That is uh, this week's TV news. Thank you very much for joining us. Of course, you can support and uh, keep all the content coming, including these this news podcast, uh, by hitting the super thanks button on YouTube or go over to, to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us uh, monthly over there. Um, uh, of course, uh, you, Patreon just changed the thing now so you can sign up at any time in the month without having to worry that you're going to get charged again in the first. No, you just they, get charged. You only just changed that? Yeah, for a long time, like you you, you would get charged again yeah. in the first. Yeah, It, it was... Awkward now. You just get charged on the day you signed up every month, so and just go from there. That's easy, easier now. Um, yes, and also with this episode, the audio feed is up to date, so this now exists oh, as, nice. as a nice audio podcast as well. Uh, so all of the previous 21 22 episodes that we've done this year are also there, but uh, uh, now it'll go up live alongside the YouTube version if that is appealing to you. Um, go check it out. Uh otherwise though, obviously uh me and Tara are reviewing Quantum Leap. We didn't have a news last week, so we didn't get I didn't get to pimp it out on the first week, but uh, uh myself and Tara are reviewing the new Quantum Leap. We're gonna do the classic show when the new show goes on a break, but we had a couple of good conversations about the first two episodes, so check out that. Um and, uh, me and Connor are still doing Outlander and it's actually getting pretty good and we're kinda having good cut long conversations about it. Uh, uh enjoying it more than more than most people expected us to, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh, so, episode 5 out, is out for public, episode 6 is up early for patrons, so, uh, you can go check out that, uh, and of course the usual things, there's a trek every week, um, Babylon 5 did take a couple of weeks off, me and Tara were plagued with, uh, like, just the universe getting in the way to record, there was flat tires, there was power cuts, there was all sorts of things happening, uh, but, yes, that, uh, that'll be back this coming Monday, uh, for YouTube, so, uh, look out for that too, so. Yeah, lots of things going on uh, TV-wise. and go check out Mail Fuzz Movies, where all the movie podcasts live, uh, which all have their own audio podcast feeds as well. Uh, Streams After Midnight's the horror movie podcast, Atomic Serum Experiments, the sci-fi movie podcast, and starting in November, the third regular movie podcast, The Collector's Cut, uh, will be beginning uh, in November with myself and David. It's it the first time for him been on a regular show. He's been on a couple of one-off things, but this is him being promoted to... Yeah, uh, he has his comic show. Ensign Fuzz. He does have his one-man comic show, but that's like an unofficial offshoot. That's
1: It, it is, it is. But it's I, there. I'm not on that, so it's kind of, you know. Uh, so it doesn't count, is that what you're saying? <laughs> the ego on this man. <laughs> but
0: there you go, that is, uh, that is the TV news. That is almost cancelled. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?